Three Men and a Radish, a Motazushi fanfiction, written by Nurijewski, and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated Jen, with pairing Lajan, Weying, Wenning. One. Following the war, Wenqing had something of a revelation. Namely, the vast majority of problems in her life were due to the fact that she was surrounded by a bunch of idiots. 2. The first she noticed of it was on the day Wei Wuxian brought back a bow and some arrows to the burial mounds. Her first thought had been to begin to worry, as it always was, why would Wei Wuxian think that they needed weapon of war? Were the countless arrays and traps with which he had surrounded their home not sufficient? The corpses he had raided graveyards and battlefields for and set at key position points, the talismans that they had painstakingly drawn in seemingly infinite number, the physical barriers they had erected, were those not enough? What threat did he foresee having arisen that required more than that? And also, why had he only brought back one? The answer, it turned out, was that Wei Wuxian was a terminal idiot, had not thought of war at all. He hadn't even thought about hunting, as Wen Qing's fourth uncle had tentatively suggested, not that there was anything to hunt on the burial mounds, dead as it was. No. Wei Wuxian had seen it being sold at dirt-cheap price and bought it simply because he'd thought it'd be fun. When Qing huffed at Wei Wuxian's extravagance, you could tell he was raised rich, no matter what stories he told. They could have used that money for something practical, but in the end, he was their benefactor. And, well, the bow and arrows were pretty fun. Wei Wuxian had been among the most skillful of his generation in archery, and although he was somewhat rusty, he had retained the majority of his skill. Ayun had been particularly charmed, cheering wildly at every trick shot that Wei Wuxian had pulled out of his repertoire, and he hadn't been the only one. Towards the end of the day, when Granny had carted Ayuan back inside over his protests, reminding him that good little boys who'd been standing in the mud all day needed to wash up before dinner, Wei Wuxian had even drawn Wen Ning into his game. Have to try it, he said coaxingly, even as her brother shifted from side to side in embarrassment, wringing his hands. As soon as I saw it, I thought of you. Do you remember when we first met? The archery competition? Her brother murmured. You were practicing, Wei Wuxian said with a laugh. You had it almost right back then. You have no idea how much I wanted to come over to help you fix your stance. It probably wouldn't have helped. No, no, it would have. You'd be amazed at how much having the right stance will help. Here, let me show you. Wei Gongzu, I insist. There was some rearranging, and the next time Wen Qing looked over, Wei Wuxian was standing right beside her brother, one hand on his hip and the other on his arm, gently guiding him into position. 
Their laughter had fallen off his tongue, and he looked intent upon what he was doing. You were as skittish and shy as a rabbit back then, he said. His voice was low, lower than normal. If Wen Qing could see his eyes, she would wager that they were darker than usual, too. His hand did not need to linger at her brother's hip, but did. I couldn't come closer, or else you'd bolt. But things are different now, aren't they? Her brother shivered, as if an unusually cold gust of wind had gone by, a gust of wind that, as a fierce corpse, he would not feel. So that is how it is, Wen Qing thought to herself. When Ning's infatuation with their benefactor had been obvious from the beginning, when he'd begged so earnestly for her to help with Zhang Cheng, his eyes had been so bright and hopeful that she hadn't had the heart to remind him that it was pointless to hope. And for his part, Wei Wuxian had tried very hard to revive her brother, far more than the bare handful of meetings and a favor done would merit. Perhaps those long-buried feelings of her brother's hadn't been so pointless after all. Wen Qing forcefully quashed the part of her that wanted to march over and demand that Wei Wuxian make his intentions clear at once. She would accept marriage or nothing for Wen Ning, fierce corpse or not. For one thing, Wei Wuxian was their benefactor. She was in no position to be making demands or threats. And for another, it seemed unnecessary. They seemed to be doing perfectly fine on their own. 3. Lan Ji had come to visit again. Is the land sect bored of rebuilding, do you think? She asked Granny, rolling her eyes. It was at least the fifth visit, and Lan Ji had stayed longer every time. You'd think their second young master would have more work to do. It's not like Yiling is next door. <laughs> I don't think that's why he's come to visit. Granny said. They were doing laundry together, one of the unavoidable daily chores. Normally, Granny would be watching Gaiyun, but today he was out for a walk with Lan Ji and Wei Wuxian, when Ning, trailing behind like a faithful shadow he sometimes seemed to wish to become. Wei Wuxian had very proudly explained in the morning that they were taking Gaiyun on his very first night hunt, Never mind that it was the middle of the afternoon, with the sun still high in the sky, or that Ayuan's only weapon was a stick he had taken to waving Garan whenever Lan Ji practiced his sword forms in the morning and night. Wei Wuxian watched as well, hunger in his eyes, and Wen Jing turned away, bitter taste on her tongue. She would not begrudge Wei Wuxian the grief of his sacrifice, but she sometimes wished he'd acknowledged a little bit more that he was not the only one who had given things up that day. What's the reason, then? Wen Jing asked, mind mostly elsewhere, calculating what the other members of the clan would be able to earn today at the market and what would be the best thing to spend it on. They needed new clothing, not even new shoes. But... They might be able to convince his rich gaga to cover the shoes, and the clothing could be mended a few more times before it truly needed replacing. 
that would free up enough money for other necessities. I don't think he's still suspicious of Weigong's. Granny laughed. <laughs> suspicious isn't the word I'd use, no. Madly in love? Maybe. When Ching's brain returned back to the present conversation so quickly, she almost imagined that she could feel her brain hitting her skull from the whiplash. What? she asked, voice sharp. Hongguang Jun likes Weigong's. <laughs> Hadn't you noticed? But Weigong's... When Ching trailed off, revealing past events in her mind. The way Wei Wuxian's eyes lit up whenever Lan Wanji arrived, shouting, Lan Zhen, Lan Zhen, an incredible intimacy now that she thought about it, about equal to the way with which he addressed Zhang Zheng, and the way they spent time together, walking or talking or just staring into each other's eyes, the way Lan Wanji paid for everything Wei Wuxian might want, in other words, nothing practical, the way Wei Wuxian would talk about him even when he wasn't there. The way the two of them sometimes duetted at night. Gu Jin and Dizu matching each other perfectly in the moonlight. Wen Ning played a little too, but the Wen sect hadn't bothered with anything more than the most perfunctory lessons. No private tutors or anything like that. And he was only all right, not great. Certainly not good enough to keep up with either of those two masters. Wen Qing frowned thunderously. After the hunting party returned, she went to find Wen Ning. I know you are grateful to him, she said plainly the second they were alone. I am too, but that doesn't mean you should let him walk all over you. Wen Ning blinked at her. Walk? What? If Wei Gongzi is two-timing you with Hong Guangjun, Jia Wen Ning hissed, his hands flying up to cover his face as if he could still blush. It's not like that. Isn't it? Because that's not what Granny says. She says Hong Guangjun is in love. He is, Wen Ning said. Wen Qing frowned, confused. Wait, Gongzi is leading him on, then? I would have thought better of him. You apparently thought he was two-timing me, so clearly your view of him isn't that good. Wen Ning said, sounding injured on Wei Wuxian's behalf, because of course he was. He's not like that. He's not... We're not... It's not like that between us. It isn't? But he likes you, and I know you like him. Wen Qing hesitated. Is it the fierce corpse thing? We've been making a lot of progress on restoring your bodily functions over the past few months. If you've been having performance issues, we could prioritize. I have not been having performance issues! Wen Ning looked like he wanted to die, which was not an uncommon look on his face for their private conversations. For someone who helped out with her surgeries on a regular basis, he was still so very shy sometimes. It hasn't come up. Wen Qing quirked an eyebrow at him. Not what I meant, Jia It's just... Wei Gongzi doesn't... He's 
not very good at understanding his own emotions. Wen Qing thought about Zhang Zheng and made a sour face. No, he's not. Unless it's pointed out to him, he won't even notice that he likes someone, Wen Ning continued, or that someone likes him. All right, Wen Qing said, because that did fit her understanding of Wei Wuxian a lot better than either two-timing or leading someone on did. Fine, then. I assume Han Guangjun hasn't said anything, even if only because he's made of stone. So you'd better be the one to point it out to him. I did, earlier today, when we were out. Good, Wen Qing said. So where is he? With Han Guangjun, Wen Ning said. What? <sighs> Wen Qing stopped. Ah, Ning. What did you point out to Wei Gongzi? He shrugged and ducked his head. Ah, Ning, why? You like him so much. He could have Hong Guang Jun, he pointed out, soft and sad the way her brother too often was, the way he often wasn't when Wei Wuxian was smiling at him. Why would he want me? Four. Mistress Wen, Lamaji said, standing at the door to the cave she was using as a makeshift clinic. Wen Qing wasn't sure what to make of his presence. He'd more or less moved in ever since he and Wei Wuxian had gotten together, but he didn't often seek out the company of anyone but Wei Wuxian, least of all her, but then again she hadn't been the most welcoming angry as she still was over Wen Ning's quiet and unnoticed heartbreak. "'Are you hurt?' she asked, and wasn't surprised when he shook his head. "'Then what can I do for you?' "'Advice,' he said. Wen Qing sighed, but nodded and gestured for him to come sit down. She'd have to get used to treating him like he was one of the family sometime— he was part of life at the burial mounds now, part of Wei Wuxian's life, and there wasn't any revisiting that decision. Also, Ah Yuan loved him. What's the problem? she asked, practical as always. Lan Ji didn't quite meet her eyes, which for him was practically a confession of nervousness, possibly even embarrassment, was that a hint of pink in his ears? Just spit it out, Wen Jing said with a sigh, outwardly this time. I'm a doctor. There's very little I haven't dealt with before, whether it's a matter of the human body, the human heart, or the human mind. Lan Ji nodded slowly. You may know that I cannot currently return to the cloud recesses. Wen Qing had gathered that certain parts of his family had not been taking his decision to get together with Wei Wuxian especially well, although she had heard that his brother was fully supportive. Since said brother was a sect leader, he ought to carry the day in the end, 
but she could definitely understand how the job of convincing the sect that the relationship was acceptable was probably best done with Lamaji conveniently elsewhere. I understand the awkwardness that this might cause, he said, and I have been trying recently to find time to leave the burial mounds on my own, taking night hunts when I know Wei Ying is busy, or finding an excuse to go into town for the evening. And yet, the last time I went, I discovered that Wei Ying had sent Wen Chongling to guard my inn for the night. He does that, Wen Jing agreed, a little mystified. She'd thought Mao Ji liked to stick to Wei Wuxian like burnt rice to the pot. Since Anning doesn't need to sleep. Are you getting bored of Wei Gongzi or something? Certainly not, Lao Ji said, sounding a little offended. It was only that I had gone specifically in order to leave Wei Ying, Wen Chonglin, time to be alone. Why? Lao Ji blinked at her. His ears were definitely red now. I had not presumed. <clears throat> he stopped, coughed a little. I am very grateful that Wei Ying has agreed to be with me, but I would never seek to deprive him of joy by causing trouble in his existing relationship. Existing relationship, Wen Qing said faintly. With Aning. Lao nodded. He appeared relieved that they were on the same page. Have you mentioned this goal of yours? She asked, trying to suppress a hysterical set of giggles. To Wei Gongzi, or did you just drop some hints? He's not... I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but he's not great with hints. Lao well, Ji looked a little long-suffering, something Wenqing could generally relate to. I tried to make my position clear earlier today, he said. I told him that I knew of the esteem he held for Wenqonglin, the clear affection between them, the longing with which Wenqonglin looks at him, the way Wei Ying's eyes linger on him in return. I told him that I did not have any expectations that he would yield up Wen Chonglin simply for my sake, that I had already accustomed myself to the notion that I would be sharing him, that I truly don't mind if he would like to spend some nights in his bed rather than my own. Aning doesn't even have a proper bed, Wen Jing thought, rather irreverently. He'd refused to let them waste time building him one when he didn't really need sleep anyway. He said they could use the time on more necessary tasks. And how did he react? She asked instead. Strangely, Mamaji said. He turned bright red and sought to deny it, but I assured him once again that it was not an issue. If anything, I am grateful to Wen Chonglin for his graciousness in allowing Wei Ying to open his heart to me as well, 
and for some reason he spluttered a great deal, and then ran away. I came to see if you could shed some light on... Mistress Wen! Wen Jing was clutching onto her face and rocking back and forth, trying to breathe through the intense desire to laugh. She choked out. You are both insightful and wise, wiser than either of them. Mistress Wen. You are not wrong, Wen Qing said. Wei Gongzi likes my brother rather a lot. My brother's been half in love with him since forever, but they're not actually together. Wanwaji gaped at her. I know, she said. My brother decided that between him and you, you were more suitable, so he confessed on your behalf instead of his own. I don't think the notion of sharing ever came up. Oh. And Wei Gongzi is so thick when it comes to matters of emotion that it's unlikely he even realized what he was missing, at least until you brought it to his attention, she added dryly. I hope you meant what you said about being all right with it. Wei Wuxian might be slow when it came to figuring out his feelings, but he wasn't slow when it came to asserting them. He was probably accosting her brother right now, and and she was not going to think about that. That's her baby brother, damn it. I am, Mawaji said. I do not lie. They have a way between that. It would make Wei Ying happy. I want Wei Ying to be happy. All right, fine. Wen Qing would reluctantly agree to like Hong Guang Jun, him being so reasonable and all. Maybe arrange for a selection of different nights, she suggested. You can come here and do research with me on the nights when your bed is occupied. Aning refused to let us get him one since he doesn't sleep. He said it'd be a waste of money. Now, Aji looked appropriately put off by that. I could obtain one, if that would be helpful. Immensely, Wen Jing assured him. He has no idea how to turn down guests. It'd be perfect. She paused, considering Glamaji. She hadn't asked before, since it seemed almost presumptuous, but if he really was going to be staying... How much do you know about radishes? Five. Wenqing, I need help! At least you admit it, Wei Gongzi. Wenqing said peacefully. The radish garden was doing so well now that she'd put Laoji to work. She could positively cry and maybe open up a new field for potatoes, the way Wei Wuxian had wanted. Admit, hey! Wei Wuxian rolled his eyes at her. I come to you for help, and you make fun of me? Every time, she agreed. What do you want, anyway? I want help, obviously, he said, and sat down next to her. I want to convince Lan Zhan and Wen Ning to get together. 
Wen Jing stopped what she was doing, reached up to scrub her ears, and said, I'm sorry, you want to do what? I want to get Lan Zhang and Wen Ning together, he said, which was what she'd thought he said, except for the fact that it was the stupidest thing she'd ever heard. Surely he didn't mean, you know, romantically. Nope, he meant it. Not sexually? She asked, even though that by itself would be a stretch. Lan Wanji and Wen Ning tolerated each other for Wei Wuxian. Left to their own devices, they did not spend any time together. Well, I mean, sexually would be fun too, Wei Wuxian said, his eyes getting all misty like he wasn't talking about her brother. They'd be gorgeous together, but no, more than that. I'm tired of this whole bed-hopping, time-sharing thing. I want us all to be together. That's a nice thought, Wen Jing managed to say. You realize they have nothing in common except you, right? They have plenty in common, Wei Wuxian argued. They're both intelligent and cultured, with a good education. They were both in the Sunshot campaign on opposite sides, remember? And really, Wen Ning's a whole lot better than I ever was when it comes to rules of all sorts. I bet they could have all sorts of fun discussions about that. Sure. Rules. Why not? Wei Wuxian exhaled gustily and put his chin in his hands. Nothing I've been doing seems to have worked, though, he complained. I've tried everything. Today, I even called them both over under the premise of there being an emergency and then left them to solve it themselves. You did what? I wanted them to spend time together. Wei Wuxian was, it was sad to say, a total idiot. On the other hand, she thought as she looked over his shoulder as two rather irritated-looking men stalked their way up the path to the burial mounds, both sets of eyes fixed on Wei Wuxian's back. He had also always been a very lucky idiot. Well, maybe they found something to talk about, she said comfortingly, omitting to mention that the subject of the conversation that seemed most likely was going to be how they would punish Wei Wuxian for his nonsense once they returned. You think so? Wei Wuxian asked, looking hopeful. It'd be so much nicer if they could just let down their reservations, put their guard downs, and just relax. Wei Ying. Wei Wuxian twisted so fast that Wen Qing was momentarily concerned that he'd pulled something. Lajian, Wen Ning, he said, beaming widely. How nice to- His lips sealed shut. The infamous Lan sect silencing spell, Wen Qing presumed. Wen Ning nodded at her in greeting as he came over and picked Wei Wuxian up as if he weighed less than a bag of their radishes tossing him over his shoulder as if, well, like a bag of radishes again. Lead the way, he said to Lan Waji, who also nodded at Wen Xing, and then the three of them, Lan Waji, 
Wen Ning, and a struggling but not really struggling Wei Wuxian walked off to the demon slaughtering cave, where, no doubt, they would sit and have tea with all their clothing firmly on while maintaining an appropriate distance from each other. An older sister could only hope. Wen Xing sighed. Wei Wuxian was only going to get even more intolerably smug when this was all over. 6. Really, though, all the problems entirely because people just couldn't stop being stupid. Maybe she could fix Zhang Zheng's situation, too, while she was at it. The end. Thank you for listening.